us. Father, we worship you. We bless you. We praise you. You're so good. You're so good in taking us from where we are to where we are going. And as I said in a previous prayer tonight, Lord, we've never been there before, but you're the one that teaches us and leads us and guides us by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to read for you. I meant to bring it ahead on my desk at home. And uh, didn't go back and check again. But there's a prophecy that I want to read to you from Brother Kenneth Hagin. And uh, it's from 1980. And I had it printed, but I can, I, can, I can read it. Yep, there we go. I can turn this sideways and get more size out of it. But listen to this. The end of the age is the name of the prophecy, or the title, rather. And uh, just how pertinent and scripted it is for the hour that we live in. The end of the age is coming upon this generation. This is Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen. The powers of darkness, the forces of evil are rampant as never before. They will be increased in intensity and velocity. And even many Christians will see and look upon these things and say, Oh, there's no use. Throw up their hands in futility and say, Well, I guess it's all over. We'll just have to hold on and pray for Jesus to come shortly because the evil is about to take over everything. But thus saith the Lord, In this day... I'm searching the body of Christ to enlist soldiers. I will raise up a new band. I will raise up a new army who will know who, how to pray against the powers of darkness. And the light will dispel the darkness and the truth will set men free. And prayers will break the bonds that bind men's minds and spirits and bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yea, there are those who will learn to take their place hurriedly. It must be hurriedly. It must be quickly. It must be that they learn. They will enter in quickly to stand against the forces of darkness and evil that will try to come against the land, against the church, and against the home. Of course, land being America that would try to try and disrupt and destroy all that is good and all that God has endorsed. But the hand of the Lord is upon those who will listen and at the urge of God in the Spirit to those who are attentive. They will pray. The Spirit of God will help you pray. Do not try it yourself. Though there must be labor on your part, Yet at the same time, rest in him. Let the spirit flow through you like a river, like a mighty wave. Let it flow through you. Give vent to the innermost groanings. Let them escape your lips. Take the time to get alone and wait, sometimes not even saying anything. But on the inside of you, there is an agonizing. There is a flowing out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit to the great spirit, the father of spirits. And thou shalt be sustained. Thou shalt be kept. And thy family and thy home will be sure and steadfast. 
and thy children shall grow up strong and stalwart in the Lord, and they shall have no fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. We 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 worship you, Jesus. Jesus, just like you were seen dancing around in here over us, Lord, I see you standing in our midst, and I worship you, Jesus. The manifestation, the manifester is among us, and we worship you, Jesus. We worship your real Jesus, your real Jesus, your real Jesus. You'll take us, Lord, from where we're at to where we're going. You'll keep our homes and you'll keep our children in this time, in this hour we live. And we will have this revival. We receive it, Jesus. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, would you guys pass out that other? We had a short prophecy Sunday, we want to read that together and have you look at it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Those of you that are watching, go to our website. It's on our website. Most of you are very familiar. Go to the, to the tray at the top. Go to Prophecies, and it's the last one that's on our website. This prophecy took place last Sunday, just a few days ago. Seek this place with all diligence, the Lord said. This is the name of the, or the title of the prophecy, and I think it's applicable. I rejoice in you, says the Spirit of the Lord. I rejoice in my people. And in their homecoming, well, that's rejoicing in us. That sounds like what, you know, what Marcia saw tonight. Jesus in our midst, dancing around. He rejoices in us. Why? Because we are his hope. We really are. We really are his hope. I rejoice in my people in their homecoming. Well, what does he mean by homecoming? He says, they're coming to the place of desiring to know me in a continual place of fellowship and truth, says the Spirit of the Lord. We keep putting that in front of you. To know Him is our utmost. Right on the other side of that, to know Him, we love Him, we're being changed into His image, and every, every moment that we're changed into it, He's asking us to go to a place we've never been to. Not just for intimacy. He doesn't want us... Uh, now, we all know this. I can tell you this. You, you know this. He doesn't want you... That place of intimacy is not so you can just get fat in the spirit and just say, oh my God, I just go to heavenly places all the time. That's for a purpose. That's for a purpose. Jesus didn't shut himself up in the wilderness and just have his glory with the Father. There was a point where it was the purpose for him being filled with the spirit was to go in. And go out. That was the purpose. For you to enter into the next phase of the reality of this realm. The reality of this realm. I keep hearing 
Uh, I keep hearing Gary talk about a place of reality that we're going to in all of these messages that he's been teaching and Jim and, and all of us, we're, we're teaching almost the same message. It is a place from glory to glory. Now, the glory to glory that we're talking about right now is in the realm that kingdom exists. Revival doesn't bring that kingdom into existence. That's not what we're saying. We are being taught by the Holy Spirit to go to a place from glory to glory in our believability or in the reality of hope and faith so that this place is a tangible. It becomes not a, it's, it's not just a place where we talk about doctrinally, but it's, it is very close to being continually demonstrated. Very close. And so going to that place of the reality of this realm, he says, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, and then he says something a little bit more forceful. And for those of you who have ears to hear, I'm commanding you. In other words, there's a group of us, I don't call us elitist, there's a group of us that's come to a place where what he's asked us is no, no longer just like, if you'd like to. We've turned ourselves over to him now where this is more of a, a command. And he gets to do that because we're in love with him. These are love commands, and there's no, um, there's no argument about it. I'm commanding you to seek this place with all diligence. For everything that you've learned to this point, take those things and diligently seek me, says the Spirit of the Lord. What have we learned? Well, you could go all, I mean, all the messages, all the teachings, all the how-tos, the four pillars that we know, the praying, the, med, you know, the, 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 the praying in tongues, the meditation, the worship, and the fasting, everything to do with, uh, you know, the word is meditation and assimilation and, and confession, confessing the word, those things, and then all of the con continual prophecies, that the Lord has added to us. And then all of the diligent teaching that you've heard, not just from me, but out of this pulpit. The blueprint prophecies. Those are still very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. But we are coming to a place, I can tell you this, whether we realize it or not, we're so much closer than we've ever been. It's just impossible for us not to be, having, take these, having taken these steps together. Now, the Lord says this. Now, this is a big part of, this paragraph is a big part of just some things I want to say to you tonight in the Spirit. Watch again. It's kind of like he's saying to us again. Watch something I've said to you before. Watch again, as I have said before, your busyness. Busyness, even in good things, will deter you from birthing what is perfect, says the Spirit of the Lord. When you pray, and I like this. Man, I like... <laughs> I liked hearing this, and this, I, to me, this is my favorite part of the prophecy. When you pray, things slow down. When you spend time in my presence, your life slows down. When you fast and pray, your life slows down so that I can minister to you and for many of you, warn you and give you preparation for the days ahead. But those of you who will continually busy yourself unnecessarily, you won't even know what is necessary or unnecessary. Or how to divide the two unless you preface your life in prayer. It's very important. These are the days of birthing. 
count every moment, as I do with you, precious. Precious and to be enjoyed. Know that everything that you are doing and every moment that you spend in bringing this to pass, in the birthing of it, says the Spirit of the Lord, everything you spend is bringing. That's bringing this to pass in the birthing of it, says the Spirit of the Lord. Take these hours extremely seriously, extremely valuable as I count them myself valuable, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. 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 We, 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 we bless you, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about tonight for a little bit. This is unusual. It's a little unusual. But uh, it's going to be spiritual, but it's also practical. It's a practical message, okay? So if you'll be attentive and listen, uh, and I know like you always do, but the practicality of this has great spiritual significance. In fact, the uh, lesson title uh, is winning the war for prayer. Listen to this, winning the war for prayer through the practical. Winning the war for prayer through the... So all of us are in a war to keep our prayer life up or to enter in or to do what he's asked us to do. <clears throat> Listen, we teach what we're after. We'll go after the lost. In fact, I'm supposed to go after more at the end of services and get people filled. We're going to have prayer lines for people even in the near future for baptism. We want, to, we want to canvas this church to make sure everybody's praying in tongues. I want our kids praying in tongues. I want my grandkids praying in tongues. It's very, very important that we're just saturated with people praying in tongues. That's very important. We talk a lot about prayer. We talk a lot about time spent in prayer. Listen, nobody from this pulpit is ever going to tell you how much time you should spend. But you need to be spending time. Time. Somebody said, well, that's not the essence. It may not be the essence, but it is relevant. It may not be the essence, but it is to say it is unrelevant. Listen, after 25 years of walking this walk, if I did not have a set minimal in my heart, now I don't always do that. I might be going on this or doing that or whatever. Some days I exceed that. But if I didn't have a minimal, my flesh would probably revert to, if I just had like, okay, I'm going to pray till I feel like I've done enough or the flesh, that's really good if you're very obedient to the Spirit. That, that would work. But if, but if you are living in a flesh body, if you don't, for me, if I don't have a perimeter set for a minimal and do that, I know what my flesh will do. Well, pastor, you shouldn't, do, you shouldn't talk about time. Listen, you need to grow up. If, times, if, if somebody starts talking to you about time spent, if that bothers you, well, that's legalism. It, it condemns me. Grow up. Okay, grow up because nobody's telling you how much time to spend, but you can use that as an anonymity to say, I, I get condemned when people start talking about time. If you, if you grow up, you know that there's no condemnation. It's just that you need to know what, well, he's not a God that does that. He's not really a God of detail like that. Listen, would you please, if you don't think he's a God of detail, please just read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, 
Judges. Really, Leviticus and Numbers will just, that'll just do you in. You'll be like, my God, why are you so repetitive and so descriptive? And you've said, you said the same thing in the last chapter, and you just, he, he'll add one more name to it and go through the whole chapter to, to tell you. There. It's like God is a God of detail. And if I come up to you, and I'm not going to, don't, don't worry about it, I'm not going to. If I, if I, tell, if I come up and said, what is your, what's your, because everybody's scheduled, but what is your, like, your target time every day that you spend? Well, if you start going, well, um, I, don't, I don't need to, you don't have to tell me anymore. I just, okay. How much is like your, what kind of minimal time do you think that he's told you well, it's like I just kind of pray, and when I, no, okay, you've told me. I'm not going to ask you because I don't want to expose you, you know. I know where your prayer life is at if you don't have, well, I'm not sure about, he, listen, you should have gone into him far enough that he's talked to you. Do you, does he, yes, if you'll spend time with him, he will talk to you. Every more, okay. I started to say something else. I don't. Hallelujah. Busyness. Let me, let me read some of this and continue to exhort. Because it's, it's part of that. When he said, when you pray, things slow down. When you spend time in my presence, your life slows down. Busyness and being busy and what is it or busyness and being busy. Now you got to catch this. It's my fault if you don't get it because the burden is on the, you know, it's on the speaker to get this over to you. But busyness, like according to what I see him saying in this prophecy and what he said before, busyness and being busy and what is sanctified is two different things. Jesus was extremely busy in his three years of ministry. But every moment was sanctified through a life of prayer. Now, you don't have to turn here. I'll just read this to you. The last verse of the last chapter of the book of John. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, and there are so many other things. John told all about the life of Christ, the three years of ministry. And he said, there are so many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they were, should be written every one, I suppose that not even the world itself could not contain, that the world itself could not contain the books that should be written, amen. In other words, John said, I gave you a snippet. I mean a snippet. So if it's a snippet, Jesus was an extremely, 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 extremely busy man. Extremely. He did not defy what these prophecies are saying. But his world slowed down because of his time spent in the Father. And so there's a big difference. If your world is led by a busyness of the lack of prayer, then your mind is leading you, your soul is leading you, and it'll lead you from one post to the next, to the next, to the next, and it won't slow down. Busyness is defined by this prophecy, as I said, is a state of mind or soul that is developed by a lack of prayer. A lack of prayer will, will develop busyness inside of you. A busy, 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 busy. Now listen to this. In a life of prayer, a busy life, which is acceptable, slows down on the inside of the individual. 
so that the things that are, being, that are in constant motion are moving at a pace in which is sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Many things can be moving at once, but everything in a perfect order to the Father's plan for redemption. We've entered into the Father's plan of redemption, which is revival. So tonight, again, I'll just remind you, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a list. I think there's 13, 14 different practical things. You may be already doing them. You may be ahead of me. You may say, well, that's, that's good, but that's not exactly how he does, does with me. That's okay. I'm just giving you stuff to help you, some practicalities to help you, okay? Um, every invitation, listen to this. Those of you that are on this walk and prayer is important to you, every invitation to do something, every opportunity, every project, every etc., 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 is to be decided upon the question or by the question, how does this affect my prayer life? Okay? Tim Stemple, which I love as a father in the spirit, I heard him say years ago, it pairs repeating, it's so true. He said, God only has two speeds. Only two speeds. Slow and slower. <laughs> if you want to get it right, but here's the thing, slow and rapid, or speed, are not always considered congenial terms. They don't always, there seems to be on the opposite end of the spectrum. But the slow pace of, let me just give this example, the slow pace of seeking God for 10 days in an upper room of 120 people just doing nothing birthed something that went into extreme acceleration, which was the church. So there is time that we have to live inside of us, even though we may be busy, we have to live in a place where our spirits and our souls are not busy. But they're really in that place of quietness. Um, I put this down for my sake, probably not for yours, but what I'm about to teach, I have not perfected. <laughs> but I can teach it in a good conscience, okay? So uh, my schedule may not be as busy as yours, or yours may, and this is nowhere near to just say what my schedule is to say, well, because you may hear my schedule and you may say, and I'm only going to give you a snippet, but I'm going to talk to you about it just to use, you, use it for the purposes of saying how God uses practical things in my life to help me stay in a place of prayer and doing at least the minimal. And a lot of times out of the minimal, I'll go back in the afternoon and put some more word in or more prayer in. And that's all by the grace of God. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you how the practical will help bring into effect the spiritual. Okay. So, um, where do I start? Just like many of you that work or still work or have not retired or whatever, um, or something else, maybe have you sidelined for, for the time being, uh, I'm really blessed because my, my spiritual vocation is one with my physical occupation. In other words, my call, your call is your, and I can't teach that tonight, 
your vocation in the kingdom is your call. Then your occupation, most people have a vocation, which is one of, the, one of the calls, and you can have more than one call. You can, I think we're all called to be intercessors, but you know, you, all of you are called to do other things in the kingdom. So you have at least two calls, and then you'll have your vocation. I'm really blessed, not because I'm you know, more highly favored, it's just it is what it is. My vocation and my call are kind of one and the same. So when I get up in the morning, and I go to work, because I go to work, but it's not some place, but I, I treat my house like work, and then I go to work, and I know that I got I know what he's asked me to do, minimal, and it's not just for me personally, but it is for me personally, because I don't want to minister out of going to God to get something for you. You know, too many ministers, too many pastors just have a relationship with the Lord, like they just want to go get something, information from him, so they can be, fulfill their role. My number one role is, listen, and I believe this with all my heart, if I didn't get a chance to stand up here and speak, my identity in him is no longer a platform or a pulpit. It is my intimacy with him. Out of that intimacy, then I get to share with you what he's doing in my life, okay? Is everybody okay? I know we've, how's the air? Is it okay? You're okay. Okay, good. Um, so I, I go to work. And I spend those hours that he's asked me to do. And just like all of you, you've got jobs. I mean, many of you have got jobs. You've got to go to work. You've got to do. So I understand that. So what I'm sharing is no different than, you know, what many of you. So I go to work. Um, I've got, you know, besides for the spiritual part, then Candy and I have, and Candy does all of the secretarial work and the paying of the you know the administration part of that I decide you know the final decision we've got people here like Harry that's working on all our you know our social media stuff and and uh, Amber does stuff for us uh, uh, Sarah does all of our prophecies and you know and writing you know all of my letters and by the way don't tell anybody I don't have my letter written and tomorrow's the first but it's it's okay it's just you know he gives it to me usually Bam, and I'm just like typing it out or scribbling it out. So, uh, so get ready, Sarah. Tomorrow, you know, you're going to get this. And, but, you know, so we got that. And then family, we're real family people. We, we're real involved with our kids. So there's a lot of stuff going on with our kids. And, and then, you know, you've got your own personal finances. You've got to figure that out and work around the house and everything and all of that. And then and I, I figured up yesterday, I have... Candy and with with me, she's going. We have six, and I, I didn't plan it this way, but it, all of them are sanctified. I mean, in other words, I bathed all of them in prayer, ask him first with the consciousness of, you know, how's this going to affect my prayer life? We have six out of state flights to go someplace and do something this year. That's a busy time for us. That's not much for some people. That's like, you know, some evangelists and stuff, they're six times a month, but. We've already done a couple of those, and um, I thought about, now here's what's funny. You're not going to believe this. We have three weddings in Tennessee to do this year of people that go to this church. One of them's Renee's. <laughs> one of them we've already done, and another one is, is the next month after we get back from conference, then we fly back to Tennessee to do another wedding. Besides for that, for 
three years, for three full years, the Lord came to me in 19, no, not 19, that's way, 2017, that's the same year we had Irma, right? Yeah. And said, I want you to do something with this house. I want you to, and I'm like, I, he interrupted me. I didn't interrupt him. He interrupted me, okay? The house we live in is 50-something years old. He gave me a, he showed me what he wanted, you know, what he wanted to bless us with. And so we have been three years trying to remodel, and we haven't even got the permit. The permit's there. You have no idea what working with Collier County, you have no idea what it's like. I could tell you story after story after story after story. During this time, I actually had to, without interruption of my prayer time, I went back and had to, because they had to have a state certified general contractor. Now, the state certified general contractor's license in the state of Florida is comparable to, the test is comparable to the bar exam, honestly. They bring it in a Brinks truck. They have, most guys can never pass it to start with. I had that years ago. I kept it inactive. I'm not, listen, don't, nobody get alarmed. I'm not going back in the business. I had to go back and recertify, do a continuing education, recertify my state certification just to pull the permit for this house. That's amazing. Besides for that, we, you know, we're taking care of my dad. If you've never taken care of uh, somebody that's totally, pretty much totally dependent as a caretaker, for you. And so the list, like your list, could go on and on and on and on and on. So um, needless to say, busyness or being busy is just an absolute everyday, moment by moment part of my life. That's just, that's it. And you know, with the, I do got to do counseling with these guys. I got to do counseling with the other groups. And I love it. I love it. But everything is predicated on Lord what do you say? What do you say? So that's, that's, that's kind of my testimony. Um, so how can you, now this is the practicality, how can you and I spend more time in prayer? We have to learn, why do we have to learn this? Because revival is going to be very busy. It is. It's going to be a fun busy, but it's going to be very, very busy because you're going to have an assignment to do a lot of things, and you're not just going to stop being people and stop having things to do you don't have to turn there because you know i'm trying to go through this you can when i mention these but hebrews 12 1 says this wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily doth beset us and let us run with patience who fomine consistency the race that is set before us onkos onkos is the word, I think that's pretty close, and it means this, that word weight, it means a mass as bending or bulging by a load, for example, a burden. It's not necessarily a sin, but it's something that's impeding you. He said, let's get rid of everything that impedes us. So what prayer does is if you'll give it its place, it will cut off, not only, you know, at this point, there's no brag Dear God, please, there's no brag among us about us being totally complete, delivered from, you know, but at this point, we should be, all the killer sins for revivalists should be out of the way. But unnecessarily bulging by something that we're carrying, it's going to have to be continually stripped and stripped. It's, It's like a runner running, and he says, okay, 
man, I didn't realize I got this backpack on. I've got to take this off. Wow, I didn't realize I had these you know, weights around my ankles. I've got to stop for... The, the more weight you get off, the faster and the further you can go. Time robbers are weights against our prayer life. How to spend more time or that which is spiritual. Number one, okay, you can listen to this or, and take notes or you know, just follow along and try to note it in your mind. One, prioritize. Prioritize. If you don't do it at this, now listen, if you don't do it, if you don't pray, now again, this is my life, and everybody's somewhat different, but I will say these things in generality, and they make sense, and I believe they're from the mind of, of the Spirit, and there's always an exception based on your job. But if you don't do it, prayer, at the start of your day, you probably won't get it done. You probably won't. Why? Because the day will absorb you. The day will absorb you, your body will become tired, and your mind will be, your soul will just be wore out at the end of the day. Um, everybody's scheduled different. When I was, Candy worked the whole time we were in college. Uh, you know, we didn't get a, I didn't have a scholarship or anything, but, you know, and I would work some. I remember working at the Coca-Cola plant at night, and I would load these trucks they'd come in the bay there and they'd flip the doors open we'd have a list and you know we'd have to build these pallets and the guy with a forklift would put these things on there well i wouldn't get home till 12 o'clock at night sometimes um i loaded some of the time i was there i worked at one company for a little while where i worked at this big warehouse this big trucking company where they had these dozens and dozens of these big semis that they would back up to these loading docks and we would load those semis in the night because you know, the, the guys would be resting, the truck drivers would be resting, we'd be loading those semis. So you don't, if you've got a schedule like that, you're not going to start out in the morning praying. I understand that. Those are unusual kinds of schedules. But prioritize putting prayer first at all possible. Now, you work all night sometimes, don't you? Yeah, so your schedule is going to be, your morning is going to be different. You're going to have a different morning, Okay. So I understand there are exceptions, but that same concept is true no matter what. Prioritize when you get up, the freshness of your body and your mind is going to, to help. Uh, number two, develop routines. Develop routines. Uh, routines are very important. Habits, not all habits are bad. My habit, again, I'm not trying to show off or be special. My habits to get up, of course, have my coffee i'm sitting there pray spend my time in the word in prayer listen also to me to me um listening to pastor jim or gary and praying and watching them and praying in tongues that's my prayer time too because a lot of time i mean i'll catch that on monday i'll do you know catch those guys monday or tuesday um so and so i'm listening to those guys i'm praying in tongues and they're giving, they're, they're, you know, or Alan, or, you know, if Homer's preached, you know, and I'm not a, here, I'll listen to his messages. So um, that's your prayer time. But um, I, will have my, I will have my prayer time. Uh, the next thing on my agenda every day, almost every day of my life, is to go out and work out in my garage. Thank God I put enough equipment there. I don't have to go someplace. That's an hour, hour and a half. Um, and I've just done that. For, I'm not saying that to show off. You're not there 
for the last 15 years, 20 years. That's just something I do, whether I, you know, any, anybody's watching or know, know anything about it. But then I'll go into, um, try to go into my things to do list, you know, all the different things. Now, this is my world, but your world's different. But routines are good. Routines are good. Three, develop things um, on a to do list that will quiet your soul. Now, now, uh, Tim Stemple taught me something, all of us. He didn't say it, sit down with just me, but he taught all of us years ago how important it is to, uh, to convert the burden of your soul as things needing to be done onto a list, and that will quiet your soul. He said, well, keep uh, you know, something to write down things next to your you know, prayer chair or whatever, um, because your, your brain, it's not... It, it's, it's actually, your natural soul is created by God to remind you, to remind you of stuff. But there is a transition if you'll take that thing that's in front of you, because your natural, you'll sit there, uh, most of my first hour or more of prayer is worship. That's pretty much, so, but if my soul really starts reminding me of a bunch of stuff, thank God I've got a list, my mind will just say, okay, it's on the list, or I can, if I have that in, out there next to my chair, I can write it down. Now, this is me. Again, this is me. This is like, you may think, well, that's, you I, I don't even think like that. But listen, for years, I didn't just, re- this, uh, for years and years and years and years, I have a, a list of things to do. And it transfers my burdens of my mind um, for getting things done so that I'm not, being fought against in prayer. So here's my list. I have four categories. My brain does this. I don't know what yours. Okay, I have two categories. It's personal and church, or what would be considered spiritual things, personal and church. Um, I have in those two categories, and you can put it on your, you know, your phone, your iPad. Um, I just, I'm still writing it down, you know, old school. But in those four categories, I'll have personal things um, uh, present or th- what is the, how do I write that out? Um, now things or things, things to do now. Things to do now. Next page, things to do later. Church, things to do now. Things to do later. In other words, th- the things to do now m- should be done the next few days. Today or the next few days. The things to be done later, I can, it, it can be done in the next few weeks, or it, it can t- even take a month if I need to, but it's still there. Somebody said, well, I just think of, a, listen, <laughs> I have got, and I'm not bragging, Candy tells me, she goes, I can't believe your memory. You have got one of the best memories of anybody I've ever seen. I have got an incredible memory, and I thank God for it. I can remember all kinds of stuff, but this may be one of the reasons why I've got incredible memory is I don't try to keep everything in my head. I can displace it on that paper, and then I can daily look at it and say, okay, and I'll pray over that paper a lot of times, Lord, what in this day do you want me to, to try to? So that is a practicality. Develop lists. Put lists. You know, and however you do your list is fine, but this will help you with prayer. It really will. It'll help the time robbers of, of uh, taking your time. Four... <laughs> Shut off for a while, for me in intimacy, I shut off everything. I mean, I turn my cell phone off, um, everything. 
there's a private time. Now, praying in tongues is not so much as private as intimacy or worship. Um, I don't want to be interrupted. So, so don't anybody listening or anybody out here, don't worry about like, well, pastor, I don't know when to inter- I don't want to call you and interrupt you. Listen, you can't interrupt me because it'll be off. Okay, so don't worry. If I, if I get it and receive it, it's okay for me to get it and receive it. You didn't interrupt me because I've, I've got you turned off anyway. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm doing that so that even if it's on vibration, I can hear the vibration. I want to go to a place with him where it's just me and him. I know when I turn that phone on, I'm opening up myself to the planet. The planet now has come into my... My, but it's still okay because I still get up early enough where it's hard for the planet to, to, uh, to interrupt me. Okay, so that was number four. Are we okay so far? Okay, practicality. Number five, three words, moderation, moderation, moderation. In other words, there's a lot of things that can be done and you're allowed to do, but all in moderation. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. He said, all things are, now he, didn't, he wasn't talking about all things of sin. He Really, in context, he was talking about the conscience there, things to eat not to eat, um, and not, you know, disturbing your brother's conscience. But he said, all things are lawful to me in that category, but not things, all things are expedient. We really want to do the things that are most expedient. And we want to, we want to take away from, so moderation, and when I say moderation, I mean, there are a lot of things that you're allowed to do, but not to overdo, okay? Because it, it takes away from your prayer time. Um, but that will bleed into all the rest of these. Six, work. Work is good. You should work. If you're healthy enough to work and you can work, you should work. If you're of the working age, you should still be working. God loves workers. He loves people working. Um, the out, but here's the thing. The hours that you spend, God, there's a certain amount of hours that God is going to definitely bless. And he's going to bless your finances. But if you overwork, you're going to do it at the expense of something. Uh, so, you know, you, you've got to pray in the spirit and spend that amount of time to know where overwork is. And, that, and that, that goes into number seven, whether you're a worker or you own a business, the same applies. Uh, you, you can put, now listen, whatever you put into something, you're going to get out of it. But at the same time, it's going to cost you something. Time is going to cost you something. And if you're getting done all the time that he asks you, and you're doing everything else you need to do responsibly, then you can put in a lot of time in your job or in your business. But know this, every hour past 40, 50 hours is going to be costly. It's going to cost something. It's going to cost your I don't care what kind of shape you're in or how young you are, eventually your body is just not going to feel like spending those, those hours in prayer. Eight, uh, this is all goes along with moderation. Hobbies, prayer time, hobbies, watch your hobbies, watch your recreation, okay? 
all of us, all of us, all of us. Um, so those six different flights or whatever I said, those are not, uh, we had a couple, we'll probably have a couple small, short, in-state things that we're doing with the family. One thing, one thing that we're doing is not, it's kind of a vacation, but it's really something the Lord told me two years ago, and we couldn't do in COVID, but in, uh, in July, we're taking Josiah and Aubrey, um, the, those are two 10-year-olds, we're flying them up to the ark, the ark, Noah's ark. They're about to go into middle school soon, not next year, but the year after, and their minds are being formed. I want to take them through that ark, and I want Grandpa to, because they both are strong believers, but I want to make an impression over their life. So for four or five days, I won't even miss a Sunday, I'll be back. But um, those are things that are very important to be done. But hobbies, um, man, you know, you hear us talk about we like to go to the beach. We don't go, sometimes it's three or four months, sometimes three months before we go, but it's okay if we often go. I'd love to hunt during the, you, you hear me talk about hunting. I'd like for me and Ralph to go, and Rex to go hunting, you know, every week, every weekend during hunting season. Last year, I think I spent one day in state, and then I drove, take my dad, and spent two days, and then drove back. So an actual three days all of, all of last year in hunting. So, and I'm not, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just saying there's a lot of things you can do, but not excessively if you're going to keep up a prayer life. By the way, I'm sorry for all of you animal activists. It seems like because I'm faithful in prayer, every time I go somewhere, I mean, it's unusual if I don't get something. I mean, get a deer, bring it home. It's not a deer to pet. It's in the freezer. Okay, okay. Oh, I can't believe you do that. I do it, and I speak in tongues, and I raise the dead. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. Nine, watch your TV time. Watch your TV time. People, we don't, you know how easy it is to sit down in a chair and spend three or four hours? I can't believe you work out an hour or an hour and a half. I'd really like to, I really enjoy it so much. I, I love it if I can go back in the afternoon, but I usually don't get an extra. But I can't believe you do that every day. Well, not Sundays, but every day, yes. But I don't probably spend as much time doing that as you do watching TV. Ooh. Preach it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Was that me? I don't know. Maybe it was. Was it? Okay, I'm sorry. Candy said that was me. Okay, I'm sorry. But you know what? Really, all of us have to watch our TV time. All of us. Every single one of us. And that's me included. Um, Ten, watch out for your social media time. You have to, man, you have to watch that. You know, just this thing right here becomes so addictive. Candy and I will go out to dinner, and I'll be, and I'll, I'll realize I'm sitting there, and we're supposed to be commuting, and then I'll just th- want to throw the thing down. I said, you lying devil. <laughs> it's not a devil, but it's this thing right here. Huh? It's a time robber. Yes, it is. Eleven. Ten was social media. Watch out for it. Eleven. 
false responsibilities. I need to be taking care of that, or I need to be taking care of that, or that person needs to, okay, mama, daddy, you're going to have to let them grow up some. I need, to, I need to go take care of that. I need we minister to about three or four people in prison every month with our letters, and I've helped a lot of them with money at different times if the Lord directs me. But I'll tell you what, moms that come up here, well, I don't have it much, but I've had it several times, and say, pray for my son that he don't go to jail. Usually he needs to go to jail. 99% of the time, jail is the best thing for him. And it's hard for a parent to say, I got, I'll, I got to get him a lawyer. I got to get, until their hearts change, you need to hear Gary Carpenter's story about his daughter. They need to serve their time, okay? And that's just a, that's a way out example, but parents will step into kids' lives, grown kids' lives, and try to solve everything for them. You may have to let things crumble a little bit. Okay, false responsibilities. Twelve. Um... Friends and family, don't, don't be a time robber to them and don't let friends and family do for your friends. But I'm talking about during the day when, especially during prayer or during, um, you're going to have to use uh, wisdom. Listen, there's times where you'll invest a while in your, okay, let me say it like this instead of stuttering. When I call any of the men or women in this church for anything during their day, and I know they're, I will keep, I will try to make my conversation short and sweet. I mean, like within two minutes. Because I don't know what they're doing, and I know that they're busy, and I want, I want to, I want to produce, and this is the same way with Jim or Gary or any of us, we all want to all produce something that we're faithful not only to our time, but faithful to somebody else's time. So if I get in a conversation, I can see they want to talk and they're okay. Or if they want to talk to me and, and I can, and if I have the time, I can. But I want to present a, a disposition in people's minds that I can answer pastor's phone call at any time because he's going to be short. Listen, there are. I've already been corrected by the Lord one time. I don't want to be corrected again. <laughs> Not bad corrected, but just, you know, on the weightlifting thing. And your TV time. Okay. <laughs> but there are family members. I'm going to say family members, so I don't. There are family members when they call during the day or, and I see their, ooh, ooh. That's a 30-minute they don't know how to listen and i will tell you this and i believe this is from the lord you don't have to immediately answer every phone call text or email that's not what about before we had these do you know what if if i got rid of this it wouldn't be like a sin 
It's not a command, thou shalt have a cell phone and answer it all the time when somebody calls you or texts you or emails you. It's not. You're going to have to show me in Scripture where Jesus bought his at. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> that's going to be when I get time in the next few days or a week or so, because that's a, that's a 45 minute right there. They don't know how, you know, so oh, glory to God, hallelujah. Self-induced, 13, self-induced projects. It's okay to have several projects as long as your prayer time is being done. You know, things around the house, things in the yard, things this, things that, whatever. It's okay, but your priority has to be uh, spending that time and know that that is getting done. Fourteen, bedtime. What? Bedtime. Listen, some people are all over the place on their bedtime. And I'm not, I'm not the Lord to tell you when... But listen, here's where I, I'm just giving you some practicalities. You might be a person where early morning's not your thing, okay? But, but here's, here's for me, if I don't have some kind of strict or pretty strict bedtime, like some people, I just go to bed at 12, 1 o'clock, it, it doesn't. Well, you can't go to bed at 12 and 1 o'clock and meet my morning schedule. It'll wear you out. You'll, you, you'll never be able to keep it if you try to keep up with me on that. If I don't go to bed at like 10 o'clock, if I do get up at my, if I am faithful to get up at my prayer time, I'm sitting there like, uh, or if I, you know, I'll be fine. But if I go to bed like 12 o'clock or something like that, I'm a zombie. I'm like, oh, I love you. Here's, oh, glory to God. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. You've got to back up and discipline yourself in your life going forward. Now, there are six exceptions. Uh, there'll be maybe a ball game I'll watch late, or, but even if it's, uh, you know, an old Western or the Virginian or something, I got it. When it gets, I'm like, man, there's just 30 more minutes sometimes, but I know that's going to make a difference. I'll record it. I'll catch it, you know, because that, I get up early, and it's, Sometimes it's tough on my flesh anyhow. But me getting up early gets me past a lot of the world's activities and, and, and those kinds of things. So does that make sense? Bedtime, is a, you should have something. Well, I'm just, okay, I'll leave that alone. You and I have, I'm trying to close it. You and I have all the time available that we need to be obedient to our individual instructions concerning prayer, but we must redeem the time. I'll just read these for you. Paul said this in Ephesians 5.15, seeing that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He said almost the same thing in Colossians 4 or 5. He says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. All, and I'll read the last paragraph is being the one that I said to start with all the spiritual instructions in regards to the importance of our personal prayer life will avail nothing if the practical is not one amen so we have to win the practical and that's not an exhaustive list and you may have 
you know, you may have some better practicalities than, than that, uh, but I'll tell you, um, some of that has saved my life, like making lists and discipline and, and what time I go to bed and, and those kinds of things. It helps me in, in my prayer life. Amen. So let's all stand. I appreciate you all being here. If you have something to give before you leave tonight, it is so appreciated, and we love you all. Father, we thank you for the grace of God, and we bless you. We praise you for this, uh, Lord, this practical message. We pray that you'll help us all to diligently pursue you in prayer, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. If you have something, you can bring it down, and God bless you.